Welcome, welcome, guys. Welcome, welcome. Um, welcome, welcome. I am already your host um, of this podcast. Um, I am the host. I uh, launched this podcast over a year ago, um, almost two years. Um, so thank you for tuning in. Um, it's been a while. It's been a while, and uh, a lot of things has you know, happened since. So um, I decided to, you know, start with something, you know, that really sound vibrating, you know, is, you know, very vibrant, you know. Um, so you, you guys were listening to uh, Vagabond. Um, so she's uh, a, <clears throat> apologize, uh, a Cameroonese uh Bone. Um, so she plays different instrument. So I came across her while I was on title because sometimes I do really use title. Uh, her birth name is uh, Leticia Temko. Um, so she was in. She was born in the uh, capital of the Cameroon, uh, the Cameroon capital Yaoundé. Uh, so. She plays different instruments, uh, and uh, I'm reading her bio here on Wikipedia, and it says, like, at age of 13, uh, her family relocated to New York, so her mother could attend law school. Temko, you know, which is her birth name, but she goes by Vagabond, um, attended the City College of New York and graduated from the uh, Grove School of Engineering in 2015. So she was born in 1994. She's two years older than me. Uh, so we are almost, you know, the same age. So yeah, check her out. Uh, check her out though. Um, <clears throat> you know, I've been having some cold. So yeah, a good type vagabond on Google. You can listen to music to uh, on, on a title. Um, I 
you know, I prefer use I prefer to use Tyro though, uh, because Tyro offers you know a different kind of variety of music, and some music are not available on YouTube though, and it comes in a very good quality, and you know this is just you know some artist you know you can follow, uh, so I'm definitely looking forward to listen more from. Uh, this wonderful queen from uh, Cameroon. So uh, so she's been living here for a number of years. So yeah, she's a very fantastic singer, composer, a writer, and performer. So she's really into everything. So yeah, um, as I did promise a few months ago before you know things really uh, escalate um, in terms of my health, um really um i was gonna share um a list of books uh like you know every single year annually i share uh with you guys a list of books written by black authors different books on different topics uh so whether it's about politics whether it's about love whether it's about history whether it's about um, you know, how people overcome, you know, their fears of coming out of the closet. So it's really a different variety of books, you know, written by different authors from different countries. So the list is complete. Uh, I'm happy to say that the list is complete. It's a wonderful list of books. You know, we have, um, I really have, you know, I think last year, uh, you know, I only had like uh, two or three uh, black female uh, writers, uh, authors. So, but this year is very different um, because, you know, I think more writers are really female, uh, black female. So it's a very an amazing list. I'm thinking of um, extending the list and adding uh, more authors, you know, um, because there's some really books, you know, that are coming out this year. And, uh, yeah, uh, so at the end of this year or beginning of January 2020, so, so or February 2020, uh, at the early, you know, of early the beginning of the year. So, so yeah. I'm really looking forward to really share with you guys, um, you know, we, you know, with the amazing uh, piece of work these writers have put into. So it needs to be acknowledged. Uh, so yeah, uh, so I started with this, um, I would say campaign or initiative. Uh, however you want to phrase it, however you want to call it to me, I call it project because it still works. So I, I'm still learning, I'm still growing. And, you know, some sometimes, you know, I messed up. You know, sometimes I forget to do this and do that. So the list really comes, you know, in a different uh, forms, you know, um, so it can really touch uh, different black people globally. Uh, based on their, you know, uh, cultural differences. So, yeah, but at the end of the day, it's it's a list about knowledge. It's a list about self-worth. Uh, and the list about, 
you know, really uh, choosing a right path for a bright future, despite, uh, regardless of the, you know, uh, the hardships black people. Now, a person of color, I don't like to use the uh, term, the loose term, person of color. You know, it really sounds loose and it's really misguiding. So I don't like to use it. Uh, so, I mean, I used to use it, you know, a few years ago, but right now I don't use it anymore. So, yeah, uh, but, you know, so I think uh, this month of November, I'm going to really drop uh, like in two or three weeks. You know, I really promise I apologize again. Uh, right now I'm back. Um, I'm in good spirits. I'm doing a little bit better. You know, I'm not, you know, fully um, back. But, you know, you know, I'm really uh, getting back on my feet. So it's a process, you know. Yeah. So um, the podcast segment of today, where obviously I just broke down, you know, um, well, obviously the, the person... Uh, the the artist you know uh, you know who who really uh, performed wrote you know and sung uh, about this music and uh, so about this different kind of music and it's two different songs so the first music was uh, let me see if I can find it yeah uh, the first music it's wore me down uh, so that's the one that you know, open the segment and the second the second one, the one that followed, uh, it's called Every Woman and it was uh sung by Vagabond. Uh Vagabond it's V uh like Venus, A like Apple, um uh G uh uh like Ghana uh Ghana as a country uh, A like Apple B like business O uh, like Omega and uh, like Nancy. So, yeah, uh, so that's the first part, uh, you know, just to really try to, you know, get you guys uh, warm up, get you, in, you know, in the right mood. Uh, so, yeah, uh, and and obviously the second thing, obviously, is, you know, about me sharing the list of black uh, authors who have authored different books. So, yes, so it's going to be a very, very interesting list. So I believe this week I'm going to try to, you know, just break it down, you know, each author's, uh, because we have even, uh, I think, uh, um, non-binary writers. So it's very fascinating, the list. It's amazing. I can't wait to share with you guys. I'm going to just have to, you know, summarize, summarize actually the list, summarizing each author's, what the book, how the book is called, who author, who authored the book, and, uh, and what the book is about, what's the group of people the book really uh, it is for such and such. Well, obviously, this is like my own observation, so you can take it or not. So it still doesn't really, uh, really count as something that is, you know, harmful because it's not, you know. So or maybe not. I, I try to not really do it because you know some people may, you know, take it on wrong foot. Anyway, uh, so and uh, the last part, which is really 
was the podcast segment of today's read about. It's about uh, LeBron uh, James as a black man, first of all, because uh, before we call him, before he, he's um, uh, a NBA uh, athlete, an accomplished NBA athlete, you know, he's a black man. At the end of the day, he's still a black man. He's a black man. He's proud to be a black man. And he behaves as a, uh, an exemplary black man, you know. So so the podcast segment is about, uh, today is about him, you know. Uh, well, his latest comment on uh, the ongoing political um uh, you know, fight political. Um, uh, I would say um, issue. You know, uh, going going happening in uh, Hong Kong. So if you guys don't know Hong Kong uh, population, the population of Hong Kong people from Hong Kong, you know, they been protesting uh, for a num- number of weeks. It's been weeks they've been protesting. Uh, you know, asking the uh, the uh, you know president of Hong Kong, uh, probably I think it's the president of Hong Kong, uh, to um, uh, remove from the constitution a law that says you know that you know if you uh, get convicted uh, in terms of you know. Uh, you know, politics, so social justice, such and such, you know, if you do violate some laws in, within the Hong Kong constitution and and China, you know, you know, ask for the extradition, you know, so you will be extradited uh, to uh, China. So, you know, the people of Hong Kong really says no. Uh, it's enough, you know. We don't want to go to China. For them, they see China as you know a country that does violate, you know, um, the human rights. You know, that's how they see it. Uh, for them, they consider Hong Kong as a democratic country, even though it's still not recognized by the Republic of China as a democratic country. So, but for them, they still view themselves as democratic uh, nation, you know, and um, so, and so, and I think, I think uh, the UN recognized Hong Kong as a country, but I could be wrong, I could be wrong, don't take my word for it. Uh, So, yeah, so what happened, I think LeBron made a comment about, you know, a, I think was the general manager of uh, the Houston Rockets because, you know, he tweeted that, you know, he support, uh, you know, the people in the street in Hong Kong for them to come out and, you know, stand, you know, and fight against the uh, political hand China has on Hong Kong. So, yeah, and um, we're basically, uh, so, and I think they can discipline him or ban him uh, or suspend him, suspend him. Uh, let me take a look at it though. Uh, so I don't want to just, you know, say the opposite thing. So um, 
Houston, I'm just Googling, guys. Just give me a few seconds. Houston uh, Rockets uh, general manager, general manager, China comment. So Google has an amazing algorithm, so it kind of tracks everything that goes on. Um, yes, so yeah, actually, it happened. Um, I think early, early this month. So I'm just gonna read an article. Not gonna read the whole article, but just try to summarize. So the name of the article it says. Rockets general managers Hong Kong comments anger China. So and it was published on October 6, 2019. So it happened kind of like uh, the beginning of the month, right? Now we are like um, the end of the month of October. So Pink Month, known as Pink Month, you know, um, breast uh, breast cancer awareness. Sorry, breast cancer awareness. So yeah, so. Yes, so that's the name of the article. It it's called Rockets. Rockets actually general managers Hong Kong comments angle China. So I'm gonna just try to read the article. It's such a, like a long article, and it was initially published by uh, APnews.com and so USToday.com. You know you know, reposted. So, yeah, so it says, <clears throat> Houston Rockets general manager, so it's like the CEO, or the president of the club, of the NBA team. Now they're called Rocket, I mean, general manager. So, Daryl Morey, uh, that's his name, tries Sunday to defuse the rapidly growing fallout over his deleted tweet the show support for Hong Kong anti-government protesters saying that he did not intend to offend any of the team's Chinese fans or sponsors. A short time after Murray posted that statement, the NBA say it was regrettable uh, that the delay tweet offended many in China. And all that followed uh, several companies in China, including some of the NBA's major business partners there, they're lashing out over Murray's original tweet. tweet. So Murray tweeted an image that read, fight for freedom, uh, quote unquote, stand with Hong Kong, within quotation. Referring to the four-month-old protest in the semi-autonomous uh, Chinese autonomous, yeah, Chinese territory, that led to Houston owner uh, Tillman Fertila turning to Twitter to say that Mori does not speak for the Rockets, and sparking sparking an outcry cry that included the Chinese Basketball Association. So it's like kind of like a form of the NBA. It's like uh, a form of Chinese NBA, you know what I mean? So it's called Chinese Basketball Association uh, or CBA, CBA. So whose president is Yao Ming, the former Rocket Star Center, uh, saying it was suspending its relationship with the team. 
autocriticism came from Tencent, a major media partner of the NBA in China, with a streaming deal that is worth $1.5 billion over the next five years. And Chinese state television, both of which said they would not be showing Rockets game, it wasn't immediately clear if Morris, Morris actually uh, knew tweets or the NBA's statement that followed will be enough to salvage those relationships. Chinese athletic apparel, apparel, however you want to pronounce it, Michael Ling Ning, released a statement saying it was upset with Murray's tweet. I did not intend my tweet to cause any offense to Rockets fan and friends of mine in China, within quotation, uh, Murray tweeted. Early Monday from Japan, where Houston is playing this week, I was merely voicing one thought best on one interpretation of the complicated event. I have had a lot of opportunity since that way to hear and consider perspectives within quotation. I've always appreciated the significant support of our Chinese fans and sponsors, sponsors actually have provided and I would hope that those who are upset will know that offending our misunderstanding uh, or misunderstanding them was not my intention. I meant uh, my tweet are my own and in no way represent the Rockets or the NBA. Uh, so then uh, the rest of the articles about the NBA chief communication, blah, 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 what, you know, they think of this, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, that's what basically happened with him. Um, <clears throat> and uh, fast forward, I think a week, was it probably, yeah, a week ago, um, LeBron James, the famous NBA player, one of the best NBA player of all time, because I believe he really is. So he was asked about, you know, the incident, what he thinks. So, uh, so I'm trying to, you know, uh, continue on the website. It's asking about supporting the nbnnews.com, which I don't intend to. Um, so uh, I'm not really into that. Um, so uh, no disrespect, but, you know, I try to support the black news. They are NBA, N, N, not NBA, but N, NBC News. They have enough funding. So, but still, they want support from outsiders, sources, such as readers. Anyway, so they, so they ask him, the journalists ask him, I uh, think he was finishing to play, something like that, after he finished to play. So, and the name of the article says, what did LeBron James say about China that almost everyone else in NBA hasn't said too, right? So, so let me try to play the audio for you guys. So, LeBron James... Yeah, it's. I think it's trending. It's still trending on the YouTube, though. So let's see. Uh, uh, so we have even Tucker attacking him uh, almost a week ago, six days ago. Uh, 
So, uh, la, 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 yeah, let me play some, like a TMZ video. Oh, guys, hold on. I'm going to just try to uh, put the volume, like, uh, turn the volume on because it was solo uh, in YouTube. Okay, you guys ready? I'm going to count um, uh, one to three. Um, one, one to three, yes. Uh, one. Two, three, here we go. Ted Cruz says that LeBron James is kissing up to murderers. Uh, this is how much heat LeBron is taking. It's now reached the United States Senate. Uh, heat for his comments about the way the NBA uh, handled the situation with, not even so much about the way the NBA handled the situation with China, but as far as what Daryl Morey, the uh, GM of the Houston Rockets, said and how... That affected LeBron and his teammates while they were in China. A lot of people feel that LeBron... They think uh, he was sold out because he, yeah. he was saying, I want to make some money, so why do you have to do it this week? Why couldn't you set it next week after we leave? And a lot of people are saying, you're putting money ahead of human rights. I mean, that's, that's essentially what they're saying. That's exactly how it's playing. Well, Ted Cruz launched on this. This is what he said. This is what he told us. LeBron James, he's a hell of a player, but it sure seems his comments were more interested in money and making bucks, and I get Nike's a big sponsor of his, and he makes a whole lot of money, but kissing up to Chinese communists and tyrants and apologizing for murderers, that's not a good look for the NBA. Now, that doesn't mean we should never do business with China, but we don't need to adopt their values. We don't need to embrace censorship and propaganda. And, and sadly, that's what the Chinese government wants the NBA to do. There's a long tradition of athletes being engaged in politics. I don't have a prob problem with that. Um, what I have a problem with is when they don't know what they're talking about. And they end up defending tyrants. That's not a good look. Well, he's, he is saying about LeBron. So I'm going to jump to because... Uh... You know, it's just some comments. Uh, I just, I'm gonna, I'm trying to find the original uh, comment he made. So it's, yeah, just, um, just bear with me, guys. Uh, let's see. Uh, I think there's. Bear with me, guys. I haven't been paying attention to it much besides what I said and, uh, and what we're trying to do here. You know, uh, you know, it was a tough uh, trip to China. Uh, but we definitely got some basketball. That's the main reason for us to be there. And we got an opportunity to play a game that we love. Okay, guys, I'm trying to find the video in question. Um <clears throat> Okay, I just found it. So I had to type LeBron James China interview. So yeah, I felt like with this particular situation, it was something not only was I, um, you know, not informed enough about. Um, I just felt like it was something that not only myself or my teammates or our organization um, had enough information to even talk about it at, at that point in time, and, and we still feel the same way. Um, How do you think the league handles the situation? Um, I mean, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not here to judge um, how the league handled the situation. Um, you know, I just think that, you know, when you're misinformed or you're not educated about something, um, and, and I'm just talking about, uh, you know, the tweet itself, you know, you never know the ramifications that can happen. Um, and um, 
you know, we all seen what that did. Um, not only did um, for our league, um, but for all of us in America, uh, for people um, in China as well. And sometimes you have to think through uh, things that you say that may cause harm, not only for yourself, but for, for, for the majority of people. And um, I think that's just a prime example of that. Um, I'll give you a one-on-one -on -one exclusive because you're my guy. <laughs> There was a report that you guys met with Adam while you were in China. Um, did you feel like he was receptive to, to what you guys had to say when you guys met? Um, I think Adam has always been receptive about what the players and the, and the coaches, and, you know, the owners or whoever kind of have comments about our league. Um, and at that particular time, I thought he was very receptive as well. Um, you know, it's a tough situation for Adam as well. Um, having to put out a, a, such a fire that he didn't create, um, that he didn't start. Um, so, you know, I, I believe, you know, it was great for him to come, you know, from Tokyo to come to uh, to Shanghai and for him to have a meeting with us and for us to have our opinions and, and what we felt was best uh, going forward, uh, not only for uh, for Adam and the league, but for uh, all of us. So, guys, yeah, it's uh, seven minutes long, so I'm not going to play the whole thing because I just uh, going to try to read two articles and I'll give you uh, my personal take like I always do so yes but this this podcast segment it's a it's a special one and I will tell you more um, once I finish to read the article but or even before I may try to break it down you know um, in terms of summarizing it you know by the end you will understand what a uh, will what is really um, my uh, take on this one? So yeah, so and like I say, I was guys um, telling you about this article that says uh, on NBC News. It's called uh, "What Did LeBron James Say About China?" That almost everyone else in the NBA hasn't said too, with a question mark, you know, at the end. <clears throat> So uh, let me see the article when it was published. So October 20th. So that's yesterday because today we're on October 21st. So at 10.13 in the morning, right? Uh, it reads, the Lakers star, the Lakers, yeah, star has taken uncommon heat for reflecting a common position in the league. It says... So, guys, you just heard what he said, um, the brother, uh, LeBron James. So, I'm going to just read you another article uh, that was, you know, published by the New York Post magazine. Uh, so, and it's called, the, the article, it's called, Why the NBA Defense, Why the NBA's Defense of China is Nothing New for American Institutions. And it was published in October 19th, uh, one eighteen in the afternoon, right? And they have a photo of, um, uh, let me see, uh, just uh, uh, two Chinese people wearing um, uh, Lakers jerseys um, with two Chinese flag, uh, one each, so it's two really um, Chinese uh Men, so yeah, and so this article 
you know, it's a bargain LeBron James. So he has different photos. Uh, he even has a photo of China uh, flag uh, flying uh, in front of Google. Um, uh, then he also, he also has another photo of uh, China's, uh, actually uh, Hong Kong folks uh, protesting um, um, in the streets of Hong Kong. So I'm going to just read to you the article. It's not that much long, though. It's a short article. Um, consider what your post published. I consider this article, this really article, as a very small one because usually they publish like two, three, four, five pages. So, yeah. So, without further ado, let me just get right to it. Uh, but before I do, I'm going to just try to charge my iPad. It's, you know, I really need it uh, after the uh, um, uh, after the podcast segment uh, uh, record, uh, after finishing recording, uh, basically. So, so meanwhile, I'm going to play some uh, music from Vagabond. Um, so I really like her music. Um, um, while I'll be uh, really, um, you know, doing... Uh, you know, charging, you know, my iPod, plugging my iPod. So let me see. Um, purchase, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Give me a minute, guys. I am almost there. Um, Give me a minute, guys. I am just really uh um just really adjusting a few things here. Uh, so I did save uh her playlist. I'm just scrolling down to see her playlist. Uh, guys, bear with me, bear with me. No monster, blah, 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 la, 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 la. What the heck? Okay, just... Uh, library. Uh, I really bet that I did saved. Okay, I think I really did save the music a playlist. Uh, okay. I haven't listened to the whole album. Uh, I haven't listened to the whole album, but it's fire. It's an amazing album. So, yes, I'll be right back. Um, so I won't be too long. Then, uh, you know, I'm going to share the article. Then after that, boom, I'm going to really in the end giving you uh, my personal take on this uh, 
uh, issue. And so, yes. So the song you guys are about to listen, it's called In a Bind, by Vagabond. So yeah, uh, the album just came out on October 17th. So yeah. So yeah, have a blast while listening to it. So enjoy. I'm gonna count to three and play for you guys. One, two, three. Uh-huh. 
When it serves you to tell everyone, you know how I love you. Guys, I am back. I hope you did enjoy the music. Uh, this one's called Please Don't Leave the Table, again by Vagabond. So this is is very talented. Uh, yes, I'm going to have to cut the music. <laughs> Apologies, but I'm going to actually um, put in a link description so those who want to, you know, be listening to my podcast segment of today, you know, you should be able to really uh, listen uh, Miss Vagabond, uh, new album, it's called uh, Vagabond, you know, as her, um, uh, <clears throat> um, music, na- a musician, na- you know, you know, her, aka, however you want to call it, so, yes, so, I'm gonna have to cut the music, um, that, um, so yes, let's go back to the article published by the New York Post magazine, right? Um, <clears throat> let's see, it says, LeBron James may lecture others on the need to be educated on the situation within quotation uh, in China, but he's the one who's living in a bubble. Despite making almost two dozen trips to the communist giant, um, Trips that probably earn him tens of millions of dollars, all told. He seems to have no idea just what kind of monster his play master is. The people of Hong Kong whose struggle for freedom, LeBron, LeBron prefers to ignore, know better. They understand that what the Communist Party of China runs across the border is not just a police state, but the world's first high-tech virtual prison whose goal is literally to monitor all Chinese 1.3 billion of people all the time. They know that the party runs the world's largest network of concentration camps, whose millions of political prisoners and ethnic minorities are forced to produce cheap goods for export. They know that the Chinese leader, uh, Xi Jinping, has warned them that any attempt to divide a country and in within quotation bodies smashed and bones ground to powder. Finally, they know that any sign of American indifferences to their plight makes ski uh, see sorry. C, uh, C, C or C, let me me try to say again, C, even more likely, apologize for the pronunciation, to act on his vicious threat. Uh, Of course, it's not just LeBron James uh, and NBA who uh, I don't know what what they wrote, Uh, Kotot to China, I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna skip it anyway. I don't know. I think they made an a um, an error typing this word. Um, 
Oh, it's just me who doesn't know this word, Koto. Uh, let me look, let me look, look it up, Koto. This is a word that, oh, come on. Okay, come on. What? So, Koto. Okay, so it looks like it. Sorry, apologize. It looks like it's a real word. So, act in an excessively sub. Servian manner, she didn't have to koto to a boss, so basic is like, uh, you know, bow down. Oh, uh, so yeah, so I didn't know this word really it was like a real word. After I was like, probably like a Chinese word, you know, yeah, um, or I don't know, another word from another language that's not English, um. Uh, <clears throat> So yeah, uh, I'm gonna continue reading with you guys. Um, American individuals and institutions, even the wealthiest and most prestigious have been bowing and scrapping to China since the very beginning of US-China relations. In the pursuit of profits, American companies have collaborated with the Beijing regime since the 1980s. Hundreds of US companies opened uh, factories to take advantage of the cheap labor that China was willing to supply on a slave-like condition, selling out American workers in the process. Even today, American high-tech companies are continuing to help China set up its surveillance state to the de detriment of freedom there. Google's continuing uh, collaboration with China in developing in developing actually uh, artificial intelligence is just one example. Successive presidential administrations have encouraged American investment in China while largely uh, ignoring rampant human rights violation there. Even the deliberate massacre of 10,000 students in the street of Beijing in 1989, for example, was not enough to convince then-President George H.W. Bush to abandon his pro-China policy. Anyone who got in the way of America's decades-long appeasement of China, like Houston Rocket General Manager, Daryl Murray recently did by tweeting support of Hong Kong had to be sacrificed. Uh, ask me, I know I was the first to be sold down in the river and by no less a prestigious institution than Stanford University. I was finishing up a PhD in anthropology then there actually, uh, when I was selected to be the first American social scientist since 1949 to do research in China. I arrived just in time to become an eyewitness to the horrors of the country's newly announced one-child policy. My crime, within quotation, was calling out China in printing for arresting, imprisoning, and aborting uh, young pregnant moms. China constructed this as an, within quotation, attack on the Chinese people and demanded that be severely punished within quotation by the university. And Stanford, one of the leading universities in the world, caved, denying me 
that PhD, that PhD, I had earned and send, I had earned in sending me um, packing. What was the thread that brought Stanford to its knees? Ask with a question mark. Though Stanford claimed he was worried that my informants had been put in jeopardy and this contravened anthropological ethics, I knew that the reason for my expulsion, uh, China had threatened to ban had threatened to ban all Stanford scholars from China indefinitely. The cowardice concerning my case extended all the way to the top of the Cara administration. Even Cara's National Security Council used Stanford to comply with China's demand. It turned out that China was threatening to cancel the inter-US-China scholarly exchange program, just like they threatened to ban the NBA. Do you see the pattern here? Ask. The bully of Asia defaults behavior when he sees something he doesn't like is to issue threats. Fortunately, we now have a president who's not accustomed to taking a knee. With the help of trade, uh, trade advisor Peter Navarro and U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer, the Trump White House is calling for an end to appeasement, using both lawmakers and corporate boards to stand up to China and to stand for the quintessential American values of liberty and freedom of expression. And if you don't believe that is a good thing, just ask the protesters, the protesters um, in Hong Kong. So this article was written by Steve W. Marshall and uh, <clears throat> he's the president of the Population Research Institute and author of Bully of Asia, Why China's Dream is the New Threat to World, uh, to the World Order. So I'm going to just Google something here, guys. I know one thing that the New York Post magazine is owned by um, the son-in-law. Uh, of Trump. I know that for sure. I just want to check it out. Hold up. Uh, okay, guys. Bear with me. Um, I don't know why it's not giving me the information I'm looking for. Okay, here we go. Not new post, New York Post magazine. Uh, let me, okay, yeah. I wrote incorrectly. So, New York, uh, Yeah, okay, yeah, I, I wrote incorrectly, so I just wrote New York Post magazine, and they gave me the list of different magazines called, you know, New York magazine, so, yeah, um, 
Yes, so it says like the owner uh, is News Corporation. Uh, um, yes, uh, what's his, Jared Kushner. Yeah, let me see. Uh, yeah, I was looking for the name, Jared Kushner. Uh, uh, Let me see. Yeah, I think I, I did watch a few months ago uh, that Jared Kushner, the son-in-law, and uh, why was it president advisor, White House advisor? Uh, okay. Let me see. Okay, so yeah, I mean, it's about me. I mean, sorry guys, uh, I confused New York Post. Um, yeah, New York Post, all these different names, they all sound the same, almost. The New York Post magazine to New York um, uh, Observer magazine. So yeah. Uh, so Jared Kushner on the New York Observer, right? Uh, so yeah, basically the New York Post magazine. Uh, it's really owned by a, I believe, a British guy. Uh, yeah, that owns News Corporation. So wanna see who owns? Dun, 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 dun. I wanna see who owns it. Um. And corporation after corporation. Um, yeah, Rupert Murdoch. You know what I mean? Um, we both know this guy is really, uh, just, you know, on uh, some crazy stuff, you know. Uh, yeah, he's Australian, uh, so he's been involved in different kind of crazy stuff. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, and both know he can owns Fox, if I'm not mistaken, and he's worth $18.4 billion. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, he owns... <clears throat> so, he's a very conservative guy, you know. Uh, still believe the black people don't really have the right to express themselves. So that's basically what this article is about. You know, black people, you know, LeBron, you black Negro, Negro, not Negro, but Negro, uh, remember your place, you know. Uh, what I would say is this, is I, well, first of all, let me give you my, personal take on LeBron James. LeBron James is an amazing NBA player. Besides being an amazing player, I think that he's one of the best, you know, black men in NBA history who has given back 
who has given back, yeah, who has given back to the black communities around the country, you know. Michael Jordan didn't do nothing, you know. Um, so he did little, he did little, you know, we all know, uh, you know, he was all interesting in his, you know, Jordans. Um, so I'm not really uh, here to really say that, you know, um, Michael Jordan did a lot of things for the black communities because he didn't accept, you know, going out there and selling some Jordans um, in uh, poor black neighborhoods and, uh, and also being indirectly um, responsible of the harmed uh, that followed because obviously black people, they will, you know, go on each other's necks, you know, to have, you know, the best sneakers, to look good, to look fly, to look, you know, uh, like, you know, real dudes, you know. Uh, so, yeah, and so I'm not really ca coming here to uh, applaud him because he doesn't need any applause, you know. He doesn't deserve it as far as I'm concerned when it comes to giving back and helping the black communities, you know. Uh, in this nation, uh, such and such. I'm pretty sure he has done some, you know, charities left and right, but, you know, with his, you know, platform, you know, he could have done more, but he didn't. So he decided to not. Some people like that, once they gain money, you know, they start really uh, turning back to the people who put their, you know, put them in the position of wealth, in the position of uh you know, fortune, uh, financial fortune. Um, so yeah, um, but LeBron has done a lot. Same as, you know, Kevin Durant and, you know, um, Stephen Curry, nah, nah, I'm not gonna really hear Sid, no, no. And, you know, um, I don't think really Stephen Curry identify him identify himself as a black man, but I could be wrong. But based on what I have, based on my own observation, uh, he hasn't done, you know, really enough for the black community. And yet he had benefited from the uh, black creations, the, you know, black gifts, you know, because really playing it's a natural gift. And as far as I'm concerned, black people are the only group of people in this world that can perform you know, incredibly uh, in a very unique, original way uh, more than any other group. You know, uh, we collectively can really play basketball in a way that is very remarkable. So um, <clears throat> that's how I feel about, you know, his approach when it comes to, you know, giving back to the black communities. And, and I use the black communities in plural because he hasn't, you know, helped only one 
black community. He has uh, many different kind of black communities, whether it's in Ohio. Guys, I apologize for the disturbance. Uh, so, uh, well, actually what happened was I was recording and I press uh, in cancel instead of uh, uh, saving. So just, it was a, uh, you know, I missed a uh, mistake at the end. Uh, it was an error I made. So anyway, um, I was also chatting on Twitter. So after I hang up with uh, the person who called me, uh, so I had to check something on Twitter. So, and I was corresponding back to uh, an organization and uh, it's called um, uh, it's really called uh, just give me a minute I have too many windows open I'm using Google Chrome by the way so it's called the open code uh, and you guys can check it out it's a uh, openorg.com I'm gonna just try to find the uh, the uh, the you know uh, Twitter uh, it's at the open world so uh, it's called the open you know code foundation and they start following me back uh, I believe two days ago. You know, uh, so it's a five hundred one C three nonprofit organization which provides uh, disadvantages disadvantage disadvantage uh, students. Sorry, uh, education and resources needed to pursue a career in computer science. So they join um, Twitter in. Uh, May 2019. So, and um, yeah, um, yeah, it's uh, still growing and I really like uh, what I'm seeing here. Um, and my wild dreams, I never thought this would be something that can exist, you know, in my uh, time. You know what I mean? Uh, so, and they have a few photos uh, they have posted. There's one that says, create the world of tomorrow, you know, etc. By learning to code today. And they have, you know, the stamp, the Open Code Foundation. So, they have their own brand. So, uh, yeah. Um, this is amazing, though. Uh, uh, and in the background, it's you know, uh, a wave of, you know, water, the ocean. So it's really good. It's really beautiful. You know, uh, it's fantastic. So, yeah, uh, if you guys want to check it out, it's called the opencode.org. Uh, so, um, yeah, it's an amazing uh, nonprofit, you know. I also like the word, you know, 
how they caught it, you know. If you go on their Twitter account, uh, uh, give me a minute. I'm, I'm trying to close some uh, windows so I won't get interrupted, you know. Uh, just, just bear with me, guys, a minute. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, if you go on their website, which is uh, theopen.org, uh, once it pop up, um, it, you know, they start talking about themselves. It's, it says uh, they wrote, making computer science accessible to everyone, and it's in uh, big characters. Uh, we are a not dash for Dutch profit organization that aims to provide students from low-income families the education and resources required to pursue a career in computer science. And there's like a, a button you can press, contact us. If you want to contact them, uh, this is contact us, which is obviously basically contact them uh, and and few options you can click the access to resources advanced curriculum pursue pro programming uh, and also they have another section that says enterprise level tools readily within reach in big characters again uh, all donations go directly to student allowing us to provide powerful um, um, computers, computers, uh, paid subscription services, and internet access to all of our students. We focus on ensuring that each student has an equal opportunity to succeed, regardless of their background. If a student wants to learn how to code, we make sure they get the opportunity, you know. And also they have another section that says our process, again, on their website, uh, our process in big characters, um, characters. So every student follows three simple steps. You know, they're just breaking down how things work with them. From the time they apply for our program to the time they are expert programmers. These steps allow us to give our students an equal opportunity. So the first process is application, right? Before we onboard you into our program, we want to ensure that your motivation for computer science comes from you and not from your parents. Uh, then the second step is boot camp. Um, each student is put through a jam-packed series of classes which are designed for beginners and will take students from zero to coding hero. And the last one, which is the third one, uh, third process is accelerator. You know, basically speed up, accelerate, but they would accelerate. Uh, after you are done with the boot camp, our instructors will select students who demonstrate 
an aptitude to computer science to further their study. And there's a, a VQS, um, FAQS of questions, you know. So I'm not going to read the whole thing, just this um, amazing foundation, nonprofit. Guys, if, you know, there's some folks out, out there that don't want to enroll, but would love to help, you know, it's a nonprofit. They are welcome to donations. So, yeah, they are welcome to donations. Um, yeah, uh, I think if you go on their Twitter account, uh, I think they said, somewhere they said they can't tweet about it. And, you know, you can still ask them, you know, you can still tweet them, you know, in private message and, you know, uh, and they will be able to respond back in a matter of, you know, few minutes, few seconds, few hours, etc. So, guys, check it out. And they're, you know, they're still growing. So don't try to shame them. Don't try to make them, you know, um, like they're not, an organization worth, you know, of having a platform because, you know, they do, you know. Computer science is one of the expensive uh, programs, expensive careers, you know, to enroll to. You know, you can enroll, but, you know, it's it's hard really to, you know, really uh, further, you know, yourself in the career of uh, computer programming because now we have the... Uh, how is it? I think is is it um, what's the you know, um, is it ALS something like that? Something that has to do with uh, you know, um, technology, uh, visions, you know, uh, things you know that really kind of programmed uh, to do such and such, like going to store and having a robo serve you know, you know, the services they offer, such and such. I know that in, uh, uh, I think in some place in China has already started, in Japan too it has already started. Um, and also, uh, you also, uh, I'm talking about the countries that have enrolled heavily in, uh, in uh, this kind of uh, new advanced technologies. Uh, I think that uh, in uh, yeah in Singapore, Singapore, these are the countries that I'm aware that have really invested uh, uh, bigly, you know, in this kind of technology. So yeah, so uh, without further ado, let's go back to the main subject of this podcast segment. So I was talking about Stephen Curry. Stephen Curry hasn't done enough. You know, he has done really little. You know. Uh, uh, you know, he has really invested, you know, uh, in black uh, communities or in black community, uh, not in a uh, poor, in a very poor way because he hasn't done that. You know, he hasn't really, uh, you know, pulled himself out for his own people. So, yeah, um, but not just to him, it's his life, it's his way of you know living his life and so I'm not knocking down what he you know he's doing uh he's had the you know um really commitment to 
to his own charities and the charities of him and his wife. So I'm not really doing anything at all. I'm just talking about when it comes specifically to black people. You know, he really hasn't not, you know, really done enough. Oh, not really something that is worth really uh, putting him on spot and say, hey, you know, this is a very remarkable and uh, a very um, committed uh, NFL black man who has really done such a, an amazing walk, you know, uh, for his own people. So, but LeBron has, you know, LeBron has and other really few NBA players. Uh, I know, I know that Matt Barnes has done it. You know, the Matt Barnes who used to play for the, uh, I believe for the, is it Lakers? I think it's Lakers. Yeah, Lakers. I believe. But I could be. I think it's Lakers. Yeah. Let me check around. Matt Barnes. I think he used to play for Lakers. Though he's one of my favorite. You know. Uh, NBA former NBA players. Yeah. I think he has really done you know, such an amazing job. He, I know that he has played for Memphis, so you know I'm just opening you know a Wikipedia page about him. So yeah, uh, let's see. I know that he played for Orlando uh, Phoenix, Orlando Magic, Phoenix Suns. Yeah, he has played for. Oh, Clippers, yeah. And he ended his career by playing for Golden State. So it was Golden State. So I was right uh, by the first choice you know, I choose. In terms of, you know, his NBA um, team, you know, um, career. So, yeah, I know he has done real lot, you know, Matt Bond's charities. So really, I'm not Google. I'm not going to Google, you know, him. I don't know who's coming back. Oh. I have to get this one, though, guys. Um, sorry for that. Um, yeah. Give me a minute. So, yeah. Um, yeah, um, I took care of the you know, phone call. But, if, you know, again, I'm not going to take it because I need to, you know, wrap it up um, with this recording. So, yeah. Um Recording segment. Anyway, uh, so yeah, um, like I was saying, you know, uh, he has done his own uh, charity work, you know, uh, but uh, as for it pertains to black people, he hasn't done enough, you know what I mean? Uh, maybe he's not this kind of folks, you know, that really uh, want to get very close with his own people, or maybe he's comfortable being with white people, such and such. So, again, I don't know about his upbringing. Uh, I don't know how he grew up. And again, he grew up in Canada. He spent a lot of years in Canada. So, his experience uh, as a uh, mulatto or mixed or, uh, you know, colored mixed person, it's really different. So, to a black man who has lived in Canada, you know, uh, in his own, I mean, in his generation. So, or even, you know, the generation before, you know. Uh, again, you have to keep in mind 
the people who are mixed, they are, they are really given pass because uh, they are white uh, generic, you know, in their DNA. So even though they're not strong, you know, um, somehow white people give them some form of pass, you know, anyway. But I'm not going to go into much details. I'm not saying something you guys may not know. I mean, this is a known globally, you know, behavior uh, when it comes to either white people or the form of you know, group of people. Anyway, so, yeah, uh, to go back to LeBron, James, um, my take on this is that, you know, well, first of all, let's analyze one thing here. Um, let's analyze the history between Chinese people and African people or black people, you know. Uh, there's one thing in history that we all know. I mean, those who really know this, you know, and those who don't know, I'm going to break it down. Don't feel ashamed. It's all love here, you know. If you guys don't know something that I mean, you shouldn't be listening, or you are not, you know, intelligent enough. No, no, I don't believe such a thing. You know, um, you just happen to not be aware of the history that was wrought. Uh, so yeah, and so one thing I would say is this: is you know, China has a long history of uh, business trade and also, um, uh, I would say, um, um, friendship, you know, uh, for centuries, you know. They have a unique uh, relationship with Africa that is back to centuries and centuries before even white people uh, navigate through uh, Asia, in Asia, navigate to Asia. So it's this is well documented. This is not me or as your host, uh, the host of this podcast. Uh, I'm not making this up, you know what I mean? So Chinese have been really uh, working with black people for a number of centuries before even uh, the malls go in Europe and, you know, you know, really modernize, you know, Europe. Uh, before the malls even go in, uh, you know, in Asia, you know. So we all know the malls did one in Asia and lived there and, you know, they did modernize, uh, brought their own technologies, their own knowledge of art, such and such, or the creation of art. And I'm pretty sure the Asian too, they have their own knowledge of science and creation of science and knowledge of art. And, you know, uh, also uh, their own creation of art. So I know that they did, you know, so they did all that. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, so. Chinese and Africans, they've been working together. And I'm not saying there has never been some bad, but they have been, obviously, because, you know, we live in a system of white supremacy. So some people will 
try to, you know, use, you know, the notion of white supremacy, the uh, the global power to advance really their own agendas, to really um, enrich themselves. And what is it's on the black people's side or on the Chinese people's side? So, because some, you know, we call them, some black people who do that, they are called coons. Uh, as boy pertains to Chinese people behave in such a way, uh, I know that you know they get this song, but I don't know how they call them. But you know, because I don't speak Chinese, but I was always passionate, you know, about you know Chinese culture, such and such. Guys, I apologize. I, I had to get a, a call from my mother. You know, you know how mothers are. Uh, yeah. So if I was really gonna, you know, uh, you know, I'll just. You know, they ring for a couple more seconds. She have scream at me. You know, how mothers are. You know, you know, So yeah. Um. So yeah, like I was saying, you know, it's it's such an amazing thing uh, to do. Uh. Yeah. Uh. So yeah. Um. Yeah, what were we? Um, kind of lost track of what I was talking about. Uh, uh, yes, uh, to LeBron and, you know, uh, I mean, to Mr. Curry, such and such. Uh, I think that's where I was, yeah. So, yeah, uh, I mean, uh, sorry, but I mean, the history between uh issue of friendship and business trade or business partnership between uh Africans and Chinese is really strong and it's you know something that dates back to centuries so it's really older even than the one between China and Europe, China, um Oceania and you know the continent of Oceania or China with um uh uh, Latin America, you know, South America, and China with Northern America, you know what I mean? Uh, North America, which is basically the United States and Canada, you know what I mean? So, yeah, um, so that question, you know, I just answered, you know, uh, to those who know and those who didn't know about that, you know, um, so the second question would be, uh, will black people have to win or lose when it comes to what goes on in a region uh, of China, in the region, regions actually controlled by China or their own, you know, and political, you know, ran by China, right? Um, so, um, black people respect, you know, the Chinese uh, political system. But some well, uh, in the same way that, you know, um, the Chinese people respect the black uh, political system, the black people 
political system, the political, the political system of black people. You know, I know some people will say, "Oh, what about the business that are done by Chinese entities in in Africa?" This is on business part, not on political uh, system part. You know, you don't see Chinese government. You know, really. Uh, invading uh, Africa that never really existed, you know, and still um, at this point of today hasn't really existed and will never exist because Chinese people they mind their own business in, in terms of political system. So, all they ask people is to, you know, respect, you know, uh, is people from outsiders. Uh, you know, such as you know, United States or other Western countries, to respect really their own political system, you know. Um, and third, did LeBron did what's right, you know, by his own people, well, by himself, obviously, first, his family, his entourage, uh, his own people, the black community, and as a nation, you know, and as a, an American citizen, born and raised as uh, a direct descendant of uh, one of the millions, one of the millions of uh, uh, black person descendant of black slaves in America, they are known as IDOS or FBA or other names. I'm not really aware, but that don't mean they don't exist because they do, you know. Just mentioning them here, so yeah, I just don't know what the names, you know, of their group. But you know, they still for by the end of the day, they still fall in the category of you know, people who are descendants of black slaves brought here against their own will here in the United States of America. So my answer is yes. Because LeBron don't want and will not in interfere in the political system of China, you know, he respected, you know, and beside even doing business there, you know, the Chinese people have not reached a wall you know, against black people here in the U.S., you know. Yes, I'm not going to deny it. There might be some uh, incident of racism in China when it comes to black people, but, you know, we are talking about incident, not a warfare uh, against black people, whether it's here in the U.S. or on the continent of Africa. Or even in Asia, in the world, we have black Chinese, you know what I mean? Or in the continent of Asia, whether, you know, there's black people living in, you know, uh, China, you know, or living in Japan, or living in other Asian countries, you know. They have never waged a war, you know, against black Americans or black Africans. Yes, there might be some instance of racism, I'm not, you know, gonna deny it, you know, but that don't mean that they have 
wage a warfare against black people, national and global. They have not, they have never done it. You know, Samoa goes to Japan and Russia. You know what I mean? So the continent of Asia, as a whole, have never waged a war on black people. You know, against black people, whether it's on the continent of Africa or in uh, Latin America or uh, in Northern America, even in Europe. They have never done it in a, um, uh, you know, as, you know, uh, America has. You know, America has. America has a, you know, an agenda to keep demonizing and dehumanizing black people. You know, uh, Canada has the same thing. You know, black people are mistreated. They are forced to imprison Canada, you know, even in Europe, you know. So, in my observation, LeBron did what he had to do as a, a, you know, a very smart and commit commit uh, brother black person uh, alpha male to his own people to the black people he he can be a you know a black person for white people too but when it comes to black people because he prioritizes black people because he embodies the responsibility uh, to achieve uh, great things for his own people, to do great stuff for his own people who are black people, you know, uh, in the first place. You know what I mean? <clears throat> and uh, I would say the last question I would say here is, um, you know, uh, are the people on the left and right, right, or even Europe who may be uh, attacking, you know, who are attacking, maybe attacking LeBron James online, calling him a sellout, calling him a, a dictator supporter, uh, someone who, you know, um, support dictatorships, uh, regimes, you know, um, my answer is these people, they should hold their nuts. They should hold their nuts because LeBron James, you know, shouldn't go out there and fight why people fight. You know what I mean? All these people that call China a dictatorship, you know, I don't consider China as a dictatorship. Is, you know, they may have some strict rules when it comes to their own societies, based on their culture, you know, but that don't mean it's a dictatorship, you know. Some people in China, if they think it's it's a dictatorship, that's their own opinions, that's their own beliefs, you know what I mean? But, you know, for me as a black man, you know, who has lived the Chinese peace, because I went to school with people from China, you know, one of my best friends growing up, and it's not me being biased, it's not just me being honest, was 
uh, you know, uh, a Brundo Chinese, you know, a Blasian. Now they are known as Blasian. At that time, you know, there was no such a word like Blasian. They were called Brundo Chinese because it's a country of Burundi. And, he, you know, he was also, he was half black man, uh, a half black man and half Chinese man. So, uh, his father was a black man, his ma- but his mother was a Chinese woman, you know what I mean? So, and there were like two boys at home, so he and his other brother. So, yeah, um, white people, it's like, you know, I know for a fact my own experiences, you know, I have, you know, um, supported Russian, you know, um, people, you know, black people collectively, they don't have a problem against Russia. You know what I mean? They don't have a problem against Russia. Again, there may be some instance of racism happening to black people, but that don't mean, you know, people can be racist too, right? But there's a difference between being racist, you know what I mean? In terms of, you know, you know, words, you know, in terms of callings, you know, uh, and also being, you know, <clears throat> but they also actually uh, a form of discrimination, which is which, which is called warfare. Basically, means I'm gonna subjugate you. I'm gonna discriminate you. I'm gonna decide which neighborhood you should live into. I'm gonna decide which. Uh, uh, income you should get in your life, you know, um, when it comes to you going to, you know, school and being an advanced, you know, scholar or not, there is a uh, specific amount you cannot reach, you know, you cannot earn based on your skin color, you know, uh, based on your culture and your religions, uh, but in 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 um, in this you know podcast segment, we're talking about black people, right? Based on you being a black person, right? Uh, there is a, a school, you know, uh, district you have to go to specifically because you're a black person. Uh, there, there is a um, um, some stores you can go to and being profiled because you're a black person. So we're gonna be very vigilant when it comes to you coming to our, you know, shops, you you know, uh, because you're a black person. So we're gonna profile you, we're gonna, you know, zoom on every move you're gonna make, on every step you're gonna make, why you're gonna be in our store. Uh, when you come to our restaurant, we're gonna be very, very uh, close to you, monitoring you, uh, every move you make because you're a black person. This is the subjugation, you know, and not the words, you know, hey, you are the N-word, you know, you are a nigger, or you are, you know, a slave, you are the, you know, the S-word. So, such as like, these are just words that they don't carry power, you know, they only carry hate, you know, a hatred, you know, uh, within the folks who really use these 
words, these hateful words, you know, they don't carry power, you know, they don't carry a system of oppression, a system of subjugate a specific group. This is totally different, you know what I mean? So, um, it, so all these countries that America wants to control, because obviously it's, you know, it's this country, they have stood against America and say, look, America, you have your own political system, we have ours. But if you really mess with us, we're going to fight back heavily. You know what I mean? So these are fights, you know, for white people. They're not our fights as for black people. I know there's still always going to be an exception. We're going to have black people trying to fight our white people fights. But, you know, these you know, small individuals of group who really want to side, you know, by choose side with white supremacy, obviously, by choosing to, you know, uh, get involved in in a fight that white people uh, are waging, or wars are waging on Russians or Chinese, Japanese, on Asian countries, Asian territories, Asian islands, etc. These folks, this group of black individuals who sell out the black community, their own black communities, they do not represent the black communities as a whole. They don't. They may have, not even may have, they only carry the melanin generic. You know what I mean? The black generic that is known medically as melanin. That's the only connection, you know, that exists. So they are connected to the black communities around the globe through generics, not through what black people are trying to accomplish, you know, which is to fight back and take over with white supremacy culture as a global power has took from us. So that is my take on the LeBron James uh you know, versus, you know, China. They they try to make it is the LeBron versus China, but it's not really LeBron uh, versus China issues. Actually, it's, it's NBA, he, uh, white, uh, men, power organization. Uh, we can call it team, but to, to be honest, it's a power organization ran and funded by white people versus a country, Republic of China. So basically, that's the case. That is the case, you know what I mean? Uh, So yeah, uh, that is what I have today, guys, to share with you. Thank you for tuning in. And I'm going to put down the description. I'm going to attach the 
new album that just come out by um, uh, the Sister Vagabond, uh, the uh, uh, you know Cameron's uh, Cameron, uh sister uh, Vagabond. So um, Cameron is American because obviously she's not naturalized American. Uh, so yeah, uh, her and also the nonprofit that did share with you guys, uh, who really are doing such an incredible, amazing work in terms of really uh, bringing uh, people from low, you know, income communities around the country in, you know, uh, the world of computer technology, you know, computer science, if you would say. So yes, I'm also gonna attach you know, the own website. So yeah, don't hesitate to really, um, you know, check them out. And also, I just wanna point out something which is very important. Uh, you can take it as a notabene, is that, you know, the nonprofit, you know, that is called the the one I share with you guys, that is called the Open Code Foundation, has not really paid me, you know, to share, you know, the services they offer, you know. Uh, they have not, you know. So this is a personal initiative, it's a personal choice that I made to share with you guys, you know. Uh, so yeah, I'm not here trying to cave, I don't cave about uh, any issue. So I speak my mind, that's who I am, and I've, you know, uh, said here a number of times, you know. So this is, this is who I personally, you know. Uh, this is who I really am, you know. I don't try to care mm, these such things or anything at all. Anyway, you know, um, yeah, I always say what's in my mind. So, guys, thank you for tuning in. Uh, yeah, thank you for tuning in. It's almost one hour and 30 minutes worth of recording. Actually, it's, let me see, it's telling me one, one, one hour, 24 minutes, 59 seconds. So it's almost uh, two hours. So almost an hour and a half. Actually, it's even more than that. Or it could be, you know, who knows? Yeah, guys, thank you for tuning in. And I'm going to just play some music just to wrap it up, you know. Yeah, so just bear with me and really the... <clears throat> You know, you guys are gonna enjoy it, and you know the music. It's amazing. Oh, this sister. Uh, trying to see the playlists. You know, recently added. Uh, uh, let me see. Let me see. Really. Uh, recently added. Uh, I've added a. Uh, Playlist, songs, movies, documentaries. Yes, I just found it. So, yes, just gonna play it and you guys are gonna love it. So, yes, let me just play one music. Uh, 
However, I've ever sound just I love music. It's such an amazing thing. Uh, there's a one song I wanna play for you guys. It's called uh, Vagabond. I mean, Malales. Sorry, Malales. Uh, which basically is like you know you can not feeling good. You know, stomach is you know acting out. Uh, so it's basically a French. So, yes, I'm going to play it. I think she's bilingual because in Cameroon, well, not all people, but the majority of people in Cameroon that are bilingual, they speak French and English because there's one side, one part of Cameroon that was colonized by French people, and also they have another side that was colonized by English people. Um, but the British, obviously, the British uh, kingdom, so they did invade a part of Cameroon and they took off. So so without further ado, I'm gonna just play for you guys. So guys, I will see you probably like this week, week in the weekend where I may do some, you know, uh, recording uh, segment. Uh, so yeah, just stay tuned. But the list of uh, books written by written and authored by Black people it's coming soon. So within three or four weeks, you'll be out. So. My name again, my name is Ori A U R Y Sabushi Mike S A B U S H I M I K E. And you're listening inside Sentinels podcast, Aaron Ankle. And the music again, it's Malales, you know, stomach acting up, uh, such and such uh, by Vagabond. I think it just came out last year. I mean. Two years ago, 2017. But let me just focus on actually the album, not the random music that is playing, because, well, it's not random. It just came from the <clears throat> uh, her album. So I'm going to just try to play with title. Title is bad. I mean, I know that it's a little bit junky, but, you know, just want to try to really play the album. Uh, yes. Let me, oh, yes. So let's see what kind of music we're having. Listen, full moon. Let's try full moon. Let's try full moon in Gemini. So four minutes away or three minutes away, it's fine. Just wanna close it in, you know.
So guys, thank you for tuning in again. Don't wait. Don't forget to subscribe. You know, bookmark my my um my podcast. Uh, yeah, download the podcast segments you may have liked. So yeah, thank you, and I'm out.